0: All right. Podcast time. Um, This Today's guest um, I found in the Clubhouse app. If nobody has been on Clubhouse, it's sort of like a new up and coming platform that I will be using more in my future. Um, But I think that Emer, who's here today, is a beautiful example of how we can connect and use different social media platforms to find new people right? Because sometimes we get wrapped up in our little world and our little bubbles of like the coaches we know and the healers we know and the you know, the local community we know. It's like, holy moly, there's so many amazing people out there with amazing messages. So today's guest is Emer O'Neill. And um, I heard her talking about shame in a clubhouse conversation. And I said, all right, I think there's a podcast in between the two of us that my audience um, would love to hear. So I reached out to her on Instagram and here we are. And we're just gonna sort of let, um, let the conversation roll in whatever direction with the general topic of shame and her wisdom and her, her message. So I will let you introduce yourself and tell my audience who you are what you do, why you would say yes to being on a podcast like this, and uh, then we'll see where it goes. Thank you, Amanda.
1: So nice to be here with you. So my name is Emer, as you so beautifully said correctly. I'm based (laughs) in Ireland. I am a transformational love coach. So Mm -hmm. my work is all to do with helping people get out of the toxic cycles, see what's keeping them uh, in those cycles, and to move towards healthy loving supportive relationships Mm -hmm. it is beautiful work and there's a lot of the same things that you talk about that come up in relationships you know whether people are experiencing uh, or have experienced abortions or not there's a lot of the same feelings and beliefs that society has taught us yeah. that inform our habits without us even realizing it because yeah. we haven't seen anything else we haven't lived or experienced yes. anything else and so we want to create something different to what we've always known but how can you do yeah. that if you do it so I help people oh my to gosh. bridge that gap and create what they have in their head and to know how to create it in real life
0: I love that. And I'm having a moment and my audience who's been listening to me for a while knows that I'm kind of woo. And I have these weird spiritual moments, but I'm having this moment right now because this morning I got up and I started getting ready for my day and I was listening to something. And I said, like, I think I need some, like some more like relationship, maybe not training, but like, so many of my clients come to me with relationship struggles like yes they're coming to me about abortion but like at the core of their pain right now is as much relationship issue as it is um to do directly with the abortion as a procedure so I didn't even make that connection this morning that I was having you on the podcast today but um This is so important for my audience. This piece about relationships and, and particularly um, our topic, you know, combining that what the how shame shows up and how it influences. Um, Mm -hmm. And this piece about society and these beliefs that we've been taught that are really just made up. they are like someone else's made up story that we all decided to follow along with. And now we have shame because we don't fit in someone else's made up story. <laughs> so, oh, so good. I love that you're here. I love that you're here today. And I love that the universe was like, yeah, relationships. You're going to talk about that in a couple hours. You just didn't, you just forgot about it.
1: <laughs> Divinely
0: That's so good. Um, okay. So why would you say yes to being on this show with this audience?
1: It's such an important topic I remember the room where we were in in Clubhouse it was one of the most uh, powerful conversations that mm. I've been in and I wasn't expecting that because you know yeah. I've had my own journey with shame and I talk to individual clients but I've never had such a nice group conversation about yeah. shame and how it comes from society and how it's affected all of us and opening that up it's it's like dismantling it yeah. and Bringing that, bringing light onto the shame, Mm -hmm. it can't exist anymore. And I realized that as we get into the the conversation, it will become more and more clear how it's particularly related to the topic of abortions. Um, But what I shared uh, was all to do with the things that have come to light in Irish society recently. Yeah. Yeah. And how we didn't even realize the depth of the consequences that came about because of the shame that we were carrying. Yes. And I realized that we have to bring it to light. We have uh. to talk about it. We mm. have to separate from it because it's not our shame to carry. Yeah. It's, it's not ours and we can leave it in the past.
0: Mm. So for listeners who don't, who aren't aware of what abortion, the abortion conversation is in Ireland do you mind sharing a little bit about that yeah so for very many
1: years uh, even as I was an adult abortion was not legal or available in Ireland that was the context that I grew up in Mm and and it's kind of quite a complex society because most people especially in the states will have this idea of Ireland as a very traditional Catholic country yeah And it was for many years and and still there is that influence, but my generation, we grew up um, not necessarily uh, separate from the church. I mean, the church was so influential in society, but we weren't held by it. It didn't have the same power over us in, in my generation as it did over my parents. So I was in this space where we couldn't understand why abortion wasn't allowed my generation was thinking this is the most bizarre thing. This is such an um, ancient rule that doesn't make sense for any of us who it applies to. And so a couple of years ago, there was um, a referendum, which means that the people vote on a law. So it's not just that the government decides and changes the law, it's the people actually vote. So the people voted and the majority said that yes, um, abortion should be allowed and uh, in 2018, I believe, was when it was first accessible by Irish Irish women. Before that, if an Irish woman wanted to get an abortion, she had to travel abroad, usually to the UK, over to England to, to do the procedure. So as if it's not traumatic enough to be in a situation that is a crisis you're trying to figure out the decision you want to make and how to move forward and you have such a short time to do it on top of that you have to travel to another country navigate a health system that's not your own and then travel back without having the availability of follow-up care it was just so that's the context of what it was like before and and what does
0: that mean for who can access it? right? Like it's just so much privilege to be able to do that. Yeah. So what does that create for the society as a whole when only people who have privilege, who have resources can access the care they need? Like, whoa, it is yeah. such a gigantic impact. Um, okay. I'm going to let you keep talking, but I'm just like having such a whoa moment that, yeah. you know, we're talking about like two to three years ago. This, this shift that you're talking about. This is not like a long time ago. It's just yeah. wild. Yeah, yeah.
1: And well, I think it was a very delayed, in my perspective, it was a very delayed change compared to the attitudes of society. The law yeah. was very slow to follow. But but yeah, it, it, yeah. it's so recent. And yeah. I will share a, quite a beautiful story about how, it reflects really beautifully how attitudes have changed. So we were not sure what the conversation was going to be like around the referendum, because yeah. if a government passes a law, the media will talk about it and some people will talk about it, but you're not really forced to talk about it. You can ignore what the, what the government is doing. Yeah. But when it's a referendum and you have to make a decision on how you're going to vote, the whole country talks about it. Yeah. and people start to share stories and people share their opinions and people consider the pros and the cons and it can lead to some very hurtful um conversations so it's not necessarily all good there can be a lot of um you know abuse thrown at people who do decide to open up and share their stories yeah. so I'm not necessarily saying that it's the best method but what happens is that I started to talk to my parents about an uh-huh. issue that we'd never really discussed before.
0: Yeah.
1: And my mom was talking with her mom about a conversation that they would never really have discussed before. Mm. And she told me, my mother told me that she had a conversation with my grandmother and obviously they were brought up to believe that abortion was was not yeah. right. Uh, And with all the loving intentions, it was that you know we should care for um, any baby that comes into the world. That was the narrative that I had heard growing up. And my mom said that she had a conversation with my grandmother and they were talking about how they were going to vote on the issue. And my grandmother said, well, it's not me that affects the law, that the law affects. It's the younger women and they're saying they want it. So I have to listen to them.
0: I have chills like full body chills what a special human being
1: <laughs> yeah wow. to be able to change maybe not change their opinion but open up to the possibility yeah. that another had the right to their opinion
0: yeah. and
1: to choose to give uh to to give preference to the people who had actually effects and I just thought that was really really yeah. beautiful Cried when my mom told me that
0: yeah it's like I don't have to understand it to recognize that if that many people want it there must be something more to it there must be something worth exploring that's so beautiful
1: wow and when we started talking about it more the whole we our whole society just discovered the depth of the trauma that had been taking place before
0: yeah wow wow do you have anything more to add to that because that is just um so many of us even here in the states right are living with so much trauma that we don't understand the depth of right patriarchy white supremacy um sexism racism like all these things that we go about our life thinking that they're just norms but really, yes. the depth of the impact they have on us is huge. It's huge. It's like affecting the way we live and function every day.
1: Um, yes, and we will maybe uh, only see our own perspective of how it's affecting us, and what might never. What there's an aspect of it that we may never be aware of as well, which is the people who are suffering as a result of the system that we're in. And when when Irish society started talking more and more about what used to be in the dark, you know, weren't really talking about it, we discovered that there there was widespread horrors,
0: Mm. horrors,
1: absolute horrors happening in our country that people kind of knew about, but because they weren't talking about it, I mean, people knew that this was happening, but they didn't talk about it. So they didn't realize the extent of it. And now that we're realizing the extent of it, which we can get into now, I can share that.
0: Yeah, please do.
1: But what I wanted to share my, I guess the moral of the story I just told is the importance of speaking about Mm. our experiences and finding safe places to share our stories Mm. because the bravery of the women who came forward and shared their stories of abortion was what changed a lot of people's opinion in Ireland wow it was the stories it was the the empathy the compassion that was the most important thing Wow. And I think that one of the things I've realized about shame is that it cannot, it can only survive in the darkness.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. And so when you bring it to light, it takes bravery. But that shame can't survive in the light.
0: Yeah.
1: And so these women who are holding on to their shame may have been holding on to their shame for many many years once it was their time to share their story and they brought it to light it lost its its hold on them and actually changed the whole society
0: (laughs) so like I can't the feeling in my body for this whole conversation is just like full body chills like it's so powerful everything you're saying is so powerful
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it's, you know, it's been my whole story of the society I grew up in and then observing all of these changes. And I was studying human rights at the time that the um, the referendum was happening. So there was a lot of discussion about the issues. Yeah. And so I've been immersed in this for a long time. And I do forget that the rest of the world doesn't know what necessarily happened in Ireland and doesn't know actually the history and the context. And um, so can share a bit more about that now. Yeah, please do, please do. So for many, many years, when unmarried women in Ireland were pregnant, it was extremely shameful for the family. And many families chose to send their often very young daughters to to stay with the nuns in what was called the mother and baby homes.
0: Mm.
1: And so they would be sent off. They would go to these homes where they would deliver their babies. Um, and what happened in, inside these homes was nothing short of horrific. Mm. There was an investigation um, commissioned by the government starting in 2015. and fifteen, and that happened because one local woman was investigating on her own, using her own resources to investigate a home local to her because she believed that we didn't know half of what was going on. So she started investigating and found death records, but no burial records of uh, four hundred. More than 400 babies almost 500 babies Mm. and when she did that it that prompted an investigation by the government which uncovered the truth of what was going on so in that one particular home there was a mass grave with the bodies of uh, Mm. 496 infants from 35 fetal weeks up to about three years of age, all buried in this mass grave. They also found that the mortality rate of infants in these homes was twice the general population. Children were dying at twice, twice as often as children in the general population. Um, They did illegal vaccination trials on the children in these homes, The children were often taken from their mothers and sold to the US as um, adoption babies. And when all of this came out, I mean, there were stories of individuals who said, this is what happened to me, but it was the scale of it and the involvement of the state in supporting this that just i mean for us now living in in society the way it is now it's so hard to wrap your head around this that yeah. the state and the church were supporting this whole system which benefited them in the end because they sold women's babies made money from them did vaccination trials made money from them and so when that all came to light, I started to realize it benefited them for society to feel shame around sex outside of marriage, pregnancy outside of marriage. It was in their interests for families to be so ashamed of their daughters that they'd send them into this system. So we were brainwashed. We were brainwashed. And I had realized that we were brainwashed, but I just thought, I thought it was a, a moral issue. And so it's just an opinion on what is right and wrong. I thought that's yes. where it ended. But it wasn't just a moral issue of what's right and wrong. It went so much deeper. And so there are many um, mothers who, whose baby was taken away from them and they don't know where their baby went.
0: I'm just trying to, like, keep my shit together here. <laughs> oh, my God. I've cried many times about this. Like, story. if I start crying, like, really crying, I'm going to lose it.
1: Oh, my Yeah, God. I have cried. I have really, really sat with the reality of what was oh. going on. And I have cried. For, I have cried. Yeah. Because I realized you know? that the only reason it wasn't me is because I was born later.
0: Yeah. Yeah what um what time period are you talking about like this particular home that was investigated what time period are we talking about
1: so these were um i'm not sure when the first ones opened but i i would estimate around the 1950s 60s (laughs) and would have gone all the way through the last one closed would you believe in 1994 So when I was born, these, these homes were still uh, in existence. And I mean, I've just tapped the surface of what was going on. There was a lot of mental and verbal and physical abuse as well happening to the women and the children. Um, yeah. And they were definitely treated like, I was gonna say second-class citizens, but it might be more accurate to say they were treated like another species, like a subspecies. Yeah. Uh, there's testimonials from women who said that the nuns would say, Well, you're just a prostitute. You'll be back here in a couple of years anyway. Yeah. And they were spoken to as if they weren't
0: humans with dignity. And the w- most wild thing is like, what you spoke to i mean the so many things are wild but like you spoke to this idea that like we grow up thinking it's a moral issue right Mm -hmm. and what kind of morals are we talking about like these are nuns like this is a christian like community and so what kind of morals and ethics allow that in the first place? So there's like, you're gonna wrap your whole head around that and then also wrap your whole head around this piece of like the way society was benefiting from this culture of shame. It is like, I don't even know where to go. My head is so blown wide open. And the moral question for
1: them to tell us that it's immoral to use contraception or to terminate a pregnancy in the first couple of weeks that's immoral but to bring a baby to term and then beat it let it be malnourished um let them die without caring
0: throw them in a mass grave that's not immoral use them as animals in a vaccination study yeah sell them <laughs> make money from them so it just uh, shows you
1: that who told us what was moral they didn't they didn't in any way have morality themselves well yeah I'm, I'm sure many many uh there were very very many kind people within the church as well who did of course so don't, of
0: course, don't of course. At all, it's a
1: nuanced situation and I don't at all want to um demonize everyone who's been involved in the church because that's you know, a lot of people in Irish society, and a lot of good people as well. But for people at the top to be, on the one hand, telling people that these uh, behaviours of having sex outside of marriage, or using contraception, or um, terminating a pregnancy, are totally forbidden, and unforgivable. And at the same time, what they were doing was
0: essentially terminating lives at twice the rate of the general population yeah terminating lives of babies and children yeah versus a clump of cells yeah oh my gosh I mean I knew when I entered this work that there was so much about it that I would never understand the full capacity of and like I have to like you know, I wanna understand as much as I can. And I also try and stay in my own lane of like, how can I help? But like this kind of stuff just shows you how gigantic the web of all this is in our yeah. lives. And um, you said something earlier that I like underlined three times, which is um, not our shame.
1: It is not our shame.
0: That was my big
1: realization from this whole, from all the revelations that came out from Ireland. My big revelation was, holy shit, they set us up. (sighs) We fell into a trap. Oh my God. So that we would go along with what they wanted, with what was in their best interests. And when I realized that, I realized, It's it's all made up. It's all made up. All this shame, it's not ours. There's nothing true about it. And I hadn't realized that the whole way through the the abortion referendum, all of the the conversations that we were having in society with families and everything, I still was fooled by the morality question. I didn't realize that that was all part of a big story that was used to control society. And once I saw that, I realized what in my heart is true. And when you can let go of the messages that society has told you about what's true and drop into what in your heart is true. Oh my God, I let go of so much shame after that. It was a process <sighs> of time, Yeah, time, but it's like shedding layers of I don't I don't believe that and I don't need to believe that. So much judgment about myself and activities, uh, you know, sexual activities and abortion and all of these things. I realized they they just manipulated us to believe what was right and what was wrong. And if we were to start from zero, if everyone's memory was wiped. What would actually be right and wrong and let that be your your morality
0: so what do you do what do you do when you realize this is not my shame but it feels so real it feels mm-hmm. so mine like i mm-hmm. it's so much a part of who i am that yes. intellectually i can start to see it's not mine but it feels like mine now what and that's, that's where the work comes in. So
1: when we are growing up, when we're very young children, we're learning super fast. Kids are picking up everything and they pick up the rules of society without realizing they're picking up the rules of society. And every experience they have they log it into their subconscious mind, their little bank of memories, that tells them how to behave to be accepted in this world. And that's where a lot of our morality is stored. It's in that part of us that we didn't even realize we were picking up. So we can't find it now. Where is it? Yeah. <laughs> the, memory, the memories and the, the lessons were recorded, not in words. And now for the most part, we use the part of our brain that operates with words. That's the only part that we seem to be in control of. And so, that part that, you know, your thinking, your logic, your decision making, the voice in your head, your self criticism, we can call that your conscious mind because it's the part that you're aware of. And the other part that's driving most of your behavior is your subconscious mind below yeah. your awareness. And that's where all the things that you've picked up. Is stored that you're not even aware is there and so what you can do as an adult is you can start to work with the subconscious part of your mind and bring Mm. those beliefs to your conscious awareness so the subconscious mind I I often find for people it's it's stored in their body Mm -hmm. and that's why you have the physical response uh shame can be so physical Uh, a lot of our automatic responses. So for example, if somebody had a very traumatic public speaking experience, then the next time they're handed a microphone and told to go on stage, what's going to happen? Their palms will get sweaty. Their heart will start racing. They might uh, start hyperventilating. The body is reliving that old memory that is stored in the body. And it's stored in the body so that that reaction happens to keep them safe. So that it says, no, 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 public speaking was dangerous. You don't want to do it again. Yes. And that's why it comes through in the body, because the body's going to stop you from doing anything that's dangerous. Now, the thing is, what we've stored as dangerous is not actually dangerous. So it's a process of identifying when does that physical response happen for you. And for a lot of people, it will be when they want to talk about their experience with abortion, their heart starts racing, their chest tightens, yes. maybe their throat goes dry, tightens up, unable to use their words, especially the first couple of times that they're sharing this, even if it's with trusted people, it's yes. that physical response. Yes. That's your shame. That's your belief that you're going to be judged or rejected or thought of as different in some way. So the first thing is to become aware of it and to see what it, what, what's happening. And the next step is really to befriend it. Mm. That physical response, if you remember where it came about, it was the little child trying to stay safe in the world. That physical response mm. is the part of you that is a little child. And so you have to tell her, you're safe with me, it's okay. I'm taking care of you. I won't put you in any difficult situations. We've got this. This is a safe room. This is a safe space. And you can think of yourself as those two parts, as you, the adult who's in control of the situation and the part of you that's a little child who's scared, who's terrified because the last time they talked about this, they got really, really hurt and they don't want to do that again. And so it's, The conscious part of you to speak to that physical response and say, it's okay. It's okay. It's not dangerous. I've got you. I'm taking care of you. I love you. And that can really, really help you to get through it.
0: Mm. So beautiful. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) so many things to say. Um, yeah, I, a lot of the language you use was just like your, your being is so poetic and so beautiful and so wise. So thank you for that. Um, thank you. And the language I use, yeah, is describing the same stuff, but just hearing you say it is just like singing it to me. So thank you. Sharing. Oh,
1: that means so much.
0: I was never a poet.
1: I was terrible at English in school. So <laughs> it means a lot. But I i guess I am from this um, very uh, creative part of the world. So yeah. it's in my head somewhere.
0: Yeah. And I can just feel the truth behind it, right? Because of the way you talk about it. So mm. thank you so much for that. um Okay. Um, We could really talk for hours and hours and hours about this, Um, but I know that one of the things you had an interest in sharing with this audience was a meditation that Mm. can be helpful. Um, Is that something you feel interested still in sharing and is now a good time, or is there more you want to say first?
1: Yes, I think it would be a beautiful time to do it since we just Spoke about the subconscious part of ourselves you can really communicate much better with that part of you when you quiet down the thinking yeah when you slow down the thoughts and the chatter and you drop into your body so that's um the power of uh guided meditation like this yeah. and so i'd love to um guide you and your audience through Please. this release ceremony it's going to release yeah. the shade. and oh. Thank you and listen to it as as many times as you like because this is like i said it's layers of shedding yeah. and so you might know, get some get to one thing the first time and a different thing the second time and there's no end to if this is helpful there's no end to how many times you can listen to it
0: thank you so much
1: so i'm just going to clear my throat before i start yes
0: please <clears throat> Okay. And we can all do the same, like just kind of like wiggle in your seat or stretch or if you're driving, just like take a minute and like whew, shake yeah. out and come back to your body.
1: And thank you for mentioning driving. If you're driving, obviously don't close your eyes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but you course. may still have, if you listen, you may still have memories and thoughts and feelings that come up that you may still be able to yeah. listen if you're driving. Sure. So so the whole purpose of of this meditation that I'm going to do was when I was learning about and digesting the findings of the the investigation that I mentioned earlier and I was realizing that that was not our shame and I a lot of the time I don't um follow the news because it is quite stressful especially reading all the stories that I have literally no control over but when there's something that I can actually contribute to I I I just I can't ignore it so when this story came up and I realized actually every woman not just in Irish society but in any society that has sexual morality as part of the what we absorb growing up This is still affecting us even if we've consciously changed our views it's still the old beliefs are in there somewhere And when i realized they're not our beliefs and i realized i have the tools i'm trained as a hypnotherapist like i have the tools to to cut off the um the old beliefs to cut them out of your subconscious and leave them in the past and so i decided to do this on my social media for uh for women to just leave their sexual shame behind. So Mm, that's the context to where this uh, came out of. And so for anyone who can close their eyes, I would invite you to sit in a comfortable position or you can even lie down if that's comfortable for you, just somewhere where you can close your eyes. And you can start by taking a couple of long, deep, breaths in. And breathe out. Taking another deep breath in, just allowing your body to relax, to settle in, to let go. One more time, deep breath in feeling your body releasing, relaxing and letting go on the exhale. And I want you to imagine now that you're standing on the top of 10 steps, these steps are leading down to a relaxing place, a place where you can feel very much at home in your own body. And as I count down from 10 to one, you're gonna picture yourself walking down these 10 steps, feeling yourself move, moving deeper and deeper into your body. As 10, you're taking the step, first step, going deeper and deeper into yourself. Nine and eight, drifting deeper into your own subconscious. Seven, six, you can feel your feet making contact with every step as you go deeper. Taking step five now you're halfway down going deeper. Taking step four going deeper into an awareness of yourself taking step three and two. Going deeper into your own internal state. Step one, just go deeper, drift deeper and sink deeper. And you're gonna allow your mind to bring you now to a scene that is the source, the root and the reason for any shame that you hold. Your mind knows exactly where this shame came from. You're just going to feel that shame, feel it in your body and allow your mind to bring you back to a time, a place, an event that has all to do with the cause, the root and the reason for that shame. And just observe what is going on in this moment, what is going on in this scene. Most importantly, how do you feel? What is being said to you? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? Just notice those messages that are being communicated to you. And notice the meaning that you're making of that scene. Notice how you feel in this moment. Are you being made to feel like you're not good enough? Are you being made to feel that you're different? Are you being made to feel that you're powerless? Just notice what is coming up for you. And I want you to now look back as an observer to that scene. Picture that younger you in front of you and look at that child with so much love and say, that's not me anymore. That's not my life. That's not who I am. I don't depend on adults for my safety or survival. I don't need to please anyone to survive. That was then, this is now. And that is not my shame. That is not my judgment. That was handed to me from the people around me and I choose not to carry it anymore. It was never mine to begin with. And so I'm placing it down now. And you can picture this small, younger you holding a box in their hands. And any messages of judgment, of shame, any feelings of not being good enough are being placed in this box right now and you can feel them leaving your body as they're being placed in this box. in the small you, your younger self is now placing that box on the ground. She's leaving it behind. It is not coming with her. And so I want you to take that younger you by the hand and you're gonna transport her now to the home where you live now. You're going to bring her inside your home to a safe place. And just in your mind, say to her. You are loved. You are enough. You are so lovable. You are perfect exactly the way you are. The past is behind you now. You've left it in the past. You're safe with me now. This is the life you live now. And just allow her to feel that in your presence. And repeat again in your mind, that's not me. That's not my shame to carry. That judgment is irrelevant to my life. I'm letting it go. I'm leaving it in the past where it belongs. The past is not me and it will never ever affect me for the rest of my life. I'm choosing now to be the person I want to be. free to express my sexuality in any way that feels loving and supportive for me, any way that feels safe. And I want you to picture now the younger you just hovering above your body. And that small child is descending now into your body, descending into your mind, descending into your heart. They're merging with you now, merging into your heart, merging into your body. And the younger you is fully merged within you now. They're never, ever going back to how they used to feel because now you've brought them into your life. They see what is available to them and they can never, ever, ever go back to how they used to feel. And feeling that child fully merged within you now, you can notice any areas of your body where that stagnant energy is stuck and you can start to move and shake and release that from your body. Just notice where those feelings were in your body and allow them to release, allow them to move through your body shaking off any old stuff, any stagnation, just moving those old emotions through you and out of your body and they're never, ever coming back. And when you feel ready, you can gently open your eyes, feeling restored and ready to move forward with your day.
0: (sighs) opened my eyes I was like oh you're in your office <laughs> like it like actually surprised me like uh, <laughs> I totally forgot where I was yeah. oh thank you so much you're welcome um what came up for me that's so interesting it it's a, a thing that I come back to fairly frequently and um, I was in gymnastics class as a kid which is like this beautiful thing, right? Like my parents put me in gymnastics class and I got to like have this extracurricular activity that I was a part of and like try new things. And um, it's so amazing as a parent now too, to like know that nothing is like good or bad, right? That gymnastics class actually created so much stuckness in me, like created so much shame in me for being who I was and what my body was. And like, I have multiple memories from that place, from that building, from those people. And it was nothing abusive. Like they were perfectly loving. It was an amazing environment. But the way I interpreted it as a child, like left me with so many stories about myself and the world. And just like, as I stepped down into myself, I was like, oh, here we are. It's gymnastics again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wow. Amazing. Like so much of me was formed at that time in my life. And like that to that girl, the world was so small and I wanted to be like those people. And if I wasn't like those people, then it was over. Like there was nothing Mm -hmm. more. If my body didn't fit like and move the way theirs did, then I just had to live with that the rest of my life. Like not meeting those needs, not fitting in that tribe.
1: Yeah. And it's beautiful now that you can put the words to it. Yeah. And you can see that what she believed yeah. was not the truth.
0: And she just didn't know how much else was out there. Yes. And she did know that we don't yeah. have to fit. We don't have to
1: make ourselves so small that we yeah. fit into the expectations of others.
0: Yeah. That yeah. We can expand into our potential. mm. Amazing. So I'm sure all different things come up for listeners. And if I did that meditation, when I do that meditation again, maybe it'll be another layer of that story or something completely different. Um, But that is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, If anything came up for anyone that you need support around, please reach out to us. Um, Let us know how we can support you. Um, that is the work we do here is holding space for you to keep growing and moving through this stuff. So, oh, thank you. Is there anything else you want to share before we close here? Ooh, I think the
1: most important message that I want to just re- repeat and reiterate is that shame is not ours. We get to choose to leave it in the past. And that every single one of us is enough exactly the way we are. Yeah. And if you don't feel that shame, then other people's judgments will be able to roll off your back. Because you can only feel rejected if you're already rejecting that part of yourself. Yeah. And if you feel totally loving of that part of you and you honor it and and you support it then if somebody says something nasty about you you say well you obviously just don't believe the same thing that I do but it won't affect you in the same way yeah. so being able to give yourself that love is something that's within everyone's power and it will make a big difference
0: mm. Awesome. Oh, I wanted to share one more thing about that meditation. As I was holding her, I started feeling relief and she literally started floating away and I was like, no, no, come back. I think you're supposed to come (laughs) And then you hadn't led to that part of the story where she was hovering above and then to reintegr- reintegrate her with you. And I was like, it was really just so neat how like that naturally happened. And then you walked us through it and I, I was able to like bring her back in a more loving way than like a, oh no, where are you going? Like <laughs> she's floating away.
1: And then um, anytime those feelings come up, yeah. that's her. That's her yes. saying. Listen to me. I'm not safe. Don't yeah. do that. Thing, I'm not safe. And so you can start to have a conversation. With now you can visualize who that is. It's that little yeah. girl, that little yeah. boy, um, yeah. and you can have a conversation.
0: So beautiful. And that's what that's what that love is. Learning to love yourself in all the ways that it felt missing at the time that you needed it most. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, thank you so much um how can people find you if they have um most of the work you do now is around relationships right yeah. um
1: Actually, how can people find you three relationships so it's all to do with love and dating
0: yeah finding love
1: within yourself to be able yeah. to find it in a partner Beautiful. so people can find me on instagram mostly is where i'm active yeah. so my handle on instagram is at e-i-m dot o'neill which is O N E I L L. so at e-i-m dot o-n-e-i-l-l
0: and we'll share it but sometimes people like to run to it before they want to dig through the show notes
1: <laughs> right um what do you think? Uh, find me there uh, send yeah. me a message
0: you can always find me and say who was that guest who did the beautiful <laughs> meditation about shame and i will send you right to her as well yeah. so Exactly. Thank, thank you so much so much
1: all right bye-bye thank you bye
0: thanks for listening and as always please consider sharing rating and reviewing this podcast it helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice